Podcast. <laughs> Yo, can I just tell you that my iPhone is trying to commit suicide because they want me to buy another one? Oh, I know what they're doing. Always, absolutely. They want they're me to buy safe. another phone, and therefore, suddenly this phone is... At, first of all, I have an X, right? Which was like, what, four phones ago? I buy a new iPhone every four phones. I like that. Yeah, because I feel like then I don't feel like I'm just throwing money into the toilet. But... I had all these notes, and they kind of, look, let's just wing it. Oh, and you poured the shot shots. Okay, so. Yeah, would you pour it? No, that's perfect, because uh, Damage was our our guest yesterday, and um, he drank with me. (laughs) I actually left a little, I was drunk yesterday. Like, I was in the car, like, hey, I'm drunk, guys. But um, (laughs) the funny thing is, I only drink for the show. Okay. That's, that's the only time I drink. All right, guys. It's a great show. Um, I guess this is the part where we're supposed to start the show officially. Okay. Hey, guys, uh, we're going to take a quick toast first, as usual. What are, what are we toasting to? Um, let's see. To... Uh, and I was keeping your mouth in the mic so they can hear your beautiful voice. Ask, oh, beautiful. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what do you want to toast to? Uh, let's toast to being in LA for the first time. Actually, a full circle moment. <gasps> Reconnecting, right? It let's is a full that. circle moment. Salud. Boom, boom. Hey. All right, and this is the part where you cue the music. Let's get the show started. I just want the record Hello. to show that Fresh <clears throat> drank the entire thing. Yeah. I took a lady sip. Oh, I'm sorry. Was I supposed to be polite about that? No, not at all. I just, I just feel like every episode, I always act like it's my first time drinking. And at some point, I'm going to have to get over that. All right. So I just have a confession to make about a teachable moment that you inspired. Oh. You guys, our, our guest today is Fresh. And for those of you who know that I'm an emotional intelligence coach, Um, I used to do a a lot of in-person workshops and Damage actually is the one who convinced me to do them digitally Uh and you were just a standout in those workshop classes and I was like, who would I want? Because nobody actually knows what I do behind the scenes. Like They they know the videos that I make and the things that I write, but like when we do in the workshops, I don't really market it or or shout it out or whatever. A little bit is because I want it to be a safe space, so the the mystery adds to the safeness. Makes sense. But it's even though it's being recorded, right? But um, but like I also like suck at marketing. <laughs> if you know, I'm just like if I sure. build it, they will come. Yeah. And so I was like, who could we have to have a really great conversation, humanizing themselves, but also speaking to the work that we do in general? Wow, wow, wow! And you were the first person that came to mind. Listen, if cat I were, daddy, like, I okay, <laughs> not the cat daddy, cat daddy right out the gate. So I, <laughs> the reason why I, I want to start with this though is. There was a teachable moment where I said to Lamar, I was like, Lamar, uh, Fresh's pronouns are they. And the way that anybody that I know uh. responds when they hear a they or uh. a them, and you, you you have Wi-Fi, so you see the news on TV. Sure. It's like, wait, how do I do that? And it's uh-huh. like, it's never like, well, not never. It's very seldom malice. It's just like pure like fear and like, I don't want to be on the wrong side of history. Absolutely. I don't want to be problematic. Yeah. And I was like, how do I explain that to myself and others? Because I literally had my first friend who went by they a couple, like, what, three years ago. Mm. And I was shocked that I had a little bit of a cognitive dissonance with it myself, even sure. though I, I think I'm woke and well-versed. Yeah. But I figured out a way to explain it to Lamar and all the other men in my life in particular. What was that? Because black men in particular are the ones who are like, you sure that's how English works? Uh-huh. I mean, I'm not bright, but I don't think how that's how English works. Yeah, all of a sudden we're editors. Right. Uh-huh. All of a sudden we're copy editing for the yeah. New York Times. And I realized the best way to explain a they pronoun to a man in particular, okay. anybody who likes to sleep with men or male-identified humans should take note, is that when a man is cheating on his girlfriend and does Come not on. want... 
her to know that the friend is a woman, they were like, yo, I'm about to hang out with my friend. That's them on the line. Uh -huh. I'll, I'll call you back. Without fail. Yeah. Or, or I went to, you know, I was at the club and, you know, they just said this thing to me, but I don't think it's a big deal. Yeah, they find a way. Well, suddenly, when you try to hide a side piece, they <laughs> comes very naturally for a single human being. Absolutely. <laughs> I've never seen a man stumble. In fact, the, the rigor that men use they uh -huh. for a singular human when yeah. they're cheating on their girlfriend yeah. is astounding. The consistency. So I said, just imagine you're on some fuck shit. <laughs> And fresh is your side piece. Absolutely. And you'll be like, oh, there they go. <laughs> <laughs> is that me? Is, is, I just wanted to make sure that was a good analogy no, for them. No, I love that, especially for me. I would love for everyone to just see me as, as your side piece. That's oh, my, that's uh, my uh, And this is why I call you Cat Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm growing, okay? Because of your workshop, I'm, I'm growing. We're I'm all getting growing. out of that space. <laughs> I, you know what's so funny? The workshop is called On Thy Shift. It never fails at least once a month. Lamar and I say On Thy Shit. Same. Like or own it your shit. I Absolutely. mean, it's supposed to be a double entendre, but even I get it wrong. It's shift with a, with an F, guys. Own mm -hmm. thy shift, and it's supposed to be a curriculum that helps people. Well, it empowers people to have the tools to help themselves. Cause y'all, I am not it a sure guru. Does. I don't want to be a guru. I got the Ayanas and the Oprahs, and that's amazing. I am not the head of the Agape Church. I'm not <laughs> none of that. <laughs> like I'm minding my business and staying in my lane. It's almost like I'm the the the, the home girl who spent a little bit of time at Harvard over, like eavesdropping and sure. took some notes and came back and told everybody. So that is, this no. is a bad time to tell you that I recently uh, said to someone that I actually have moments of like WWBD uh, instead of WWJD. I literally really? think what would Blue do? Or how hard would Blue cuss me out if I did this? Oh, that's spicy. Yeah, I actually Because the that, answer for might, sure. If yeah. I ever said well, what would I do, I might start blushing. <laughs> Now everybody's playing with you. Like, I feel yeah. like I say that a lot, by the way. And how does that work for you doing a WWBD? Um, sometimes it pulls me back. Sometimes it makes me lean in. I'll tell you that. There's sometimes really you need to remind people who and the fuck you are. Absolutely. And that's for myself as well. Mm -hmm. Not oh, just to, especially to yourself. Yeah, definitely. I feel like the ego only wants you to tell people, do you know who I am when it feels compromised or weakened in some way? Very that. So if I have to remind you who I am, it's because I feel like somebody got me fucked up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, by the way, because I have to say, uh, Lamar is back. Can we do a, a quick round of applause for Lamar? Woohoo! Welcome, Black Lamar. Lamar, back. where's Lamar? Do we're welcoming you back on the show? Lamar is talking away. to the producer. Look, Lamar is having his own little party. For those of you who've been listening in consecutive order, um, the last two episodes, our past guest Takara stepped in for Lamar. Um, because he was off vacationing um, for Scorpio season. Love that. Lamar's a Scorpio, so you can imagine how spicy the conversations get behind the scenes. Right. When we got here. I will admit, moment of truth, um, things were a little bit heavy when I walked in. The shot definitely always helps, guys. Mm -hmm. um, because I, as I was pulling in, um, I saw on social media that someone from back home on the East Coast um, has a terminal illness. That's and you know how when you think everything's cool and then something just hits you in the brick in the face? Like, sure do. a terminal Ill illness is nothing to play with. Yeah. Um, and then the, the, the bottom of the message said, I might not make it to New Year's, but, I, but you know, my... my uh, prayers are strong and my and, and my hope is strong and mm. there was just something kind of um, devastating but divine timing ish about seeing a message about someone that I've always seen as a vibrant being mm -hmm. potentially in the last or fighting I'm, I'm not going to speak into existence fighting to extend um, their mortality yeah. as we're about to sit down and have this conversation about the work that we do to like make the best of the lives that we're living yeah. I think sometimes we take life for granted and the first question that I want to ask you um, is like, how was 2019 for you? And what made you wanna do the workshops? Because I feel like 2019 for a lot of people rubbed them raw. 
Yeah, I mean, 2019 was a it was a special time um, because I that was actually when I first moved to the Bay Area oh, wow. from DC. And when I first got here, it was bright out and bushy tailed, and it was absolutely wonderful. Oh, I love it here! Yay! Yeah, it was really fantastic, and I still love it there, uh, to, to be totally totally honest. But um, yeah, I mean, there was a lot of like transition that was happening, like literal transition. I had moved across the country, mm-hmm. um, and everything in my life was kind of reflecting that. But then I was starting to like really build a community, and but like right at that point when I was building community, shifting into 2020 was when the world was like, "No, you won't. I bet yep. you won't." Here's how you will never. Yep. <laughs> and that is what like that. That was the biggest shift for me. It was like I felt like I was right on the cusp and like the precipice of it. And then the universe was like, here's how we're going to turn a hard left. I love this how that you describe it because I felt like it's so crazy. There's a video that I still have on my phone. It was March 10th, the day before the World Health Organization announced it was a global pandemic. I'll mm-hmm. never forget that day. So it was March 10th the night before. And I had just gotten back from a, a, a huge uh, boomerang screening that Lena Way through for the second season of the show on BET. Mm. And I'm sitting in like the first row with a bunch of actors that I recognize from different shows. And yeah. I'm sitting next to like two of my really good uh, friends and we're all kikiing. And I'd never ran into a, another Haitian person in LA. Suddenly there were four next to me. All right. All talking about, ooh, let's have a potluck. And I'm just like, yo. I finally feel like I might be like whatever. Yeah. And I got on my phone. I still had gold makeup smeared. You know when you get when you get home, I had makeup smeared all over my face looking like David Bowie in Studio 56. <laughs> and I go into the camera. I'm sitting in the bathroom. I'm like, yo, something tells me, yo, tomorrow's about to start a whole new beginning. Here. Uh-huh. I just have this, fe- I can't shake this feeling that shit's about to just hit reset tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I wake up face down on my sofa the next morning. <laughs> The World Health Organization has just announced that we're in the midst of a global pandemic. I was like, wait, what happened? That's not what I meant. Exactly. Sometimes being a witch means that you don't have context. (laughs) So I wasn't wrong. (laughs) Just need y'all to know. Yes, absolutely. I was not wrong. But the joy on my face might have been misplaced. Listen, I had a similar experience coming down to here because I was like, I feel like something something really is going to happen. It's going to be a thing. My car got towed. (laughs) Oh, shit. (laughs) It's it's been a thing so far, but not in the way that I thought it was going to (laughs) be. Yeah, I think sometimes when we have a feeling about a shift, it's best not to assign a connotation. Yeah, definitely. Just say a shift is coming. (laughs) Um, So I guess my question is, when I got convinced to do the, the, the things virtual, my first thought was, damage, we're all sick of Zoom. There's no way in hell I'm going to convince a bunch of strangers to like open up their like their chest and let out their feelings well, on a Zoom call for six weeks and cool. like have them like not hate me by the end of it. And he was just like, just go for it. I swear to God, you know. And the funny thing is, Damage does a lot of mentorship online. That's how he met Lamar. So it's like mm. it's a family affair. And I was yeah. like, you know what? I'll do it. I've always wanted to ask one of y'all, what in the hell convinced y'all to sign up for that first digital course because in person it makes sense sure but on a zoom call in the middle of a pandemic i don't understand how so many people showed up for the, the workshops i mean the short answer for me was you i mean that's the like full stop if oh i, I like compliments you ain't gotta give me compliments no no, no i know i don't show. have to Def- <laughs> definitely know that and that's like it, it's less of a compliment it's, just, it's a matter of fact thing um it was definitely you because in reading everything that you write for me that's the biggest thing uh in terms of like what i love about you and like your content your mm-hmm. writing is just like See, kiss. I judge it. I'm like, it's TMI. I'm like, Blue, you're oversharing. Just chill out. Please. Nobody cares. More. Like, I constantly have that conversation in my, my head. My greed for your content knows no bounds, honestly. So that was the number one thing. But also, when it came to, like, just wanting to do it with you was because I had done a reading with you, like, two weeks before the workshop had started. Oh, that's and true. And the way you read me for absolute gutter filth. Oh, but, okay, guys. I, but, I do provide readings. I promise it feels good, though. No, <laughs> After. That's the but. That is the but. Like, I know it's usually a low vibrational word. Thanks to you. I know that now. <laughs> 
But I am going to say the flip side of it was like, it, it was getting read for Phil, but in the best possible way, in a way that made me feel like, oh, there's work to be done and it's possible to get it done. It didn't feel right. like it was insurmountable. And then- And your um, spirit guides, I'm just a conduit. So your, whatever spirit guides were around, we're sending the messages. Definitely. Sure, yeah. My spirit guides call me cat daddy. That's great. <laughs> really, really good. <laughs> Look, totally I, I, I would receive that. My spirit guides have called me much worse. We'll say that for another show, but go ahead. Um, yeah, so that that definitely was like um, a, a huge influence, and then it was just also like the timing for where I was at in uh, in my life personally. I was at a point where like something had to change. I was like Ooh, really going through it in a way that I've never gone through it in my life emotionally, and I was like, okay, how do we fix this, and how do we do it like now? I call that feeling like you're you're rocked. Like I feel like the, sometimes you feel like the world just grabs you by the shoulder and kind of rocks you back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. Very violently, though. Yeah. They call it shadow work for a reason. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, shadow work is, I think people use, like, these buzzwords like shadow work or doing the work or did the work. Oh, God. I wanted to, like, that was nauseating to me before taking your course because it just is used so much. It's it jargon the power now. Out of it. Yeah. yeah. And I always, say be, I always say this. Be careful of Insta witches or Insta gurus. Sure. Not because they don't have value. And, you know, arguably speaking from a distance, someone might call me one of those words. But because some folks do it for a gimmick and as a, they wear spirituality, um, as a badge of honor. Yeah. Like definitely. they do it for their ego while pretending it's for their spirit. Mm -hmm. Child, when I tell you, my ego has never been more wrecked since I started doing <laughs> the work. Yeah. And it's always in present tense. I once had okay. an argument with somebody, and I say argument because I thought it was a, a conversation, mm. but she called it an argument, so I'm gonna let her have that. <laughs> where she was like, Blue, I did the work, okay? I was like, past tense, are you yeah, dead? Never like, done. Right. Un never unless done. you stop breathing. You're still doing the work. Yeah. And one could argue, even on a spiritual realm, if your spirit's not at rest, you come back as another person and do the work again. So Absolutely. did the work, by the way, guys, there's no such thing. Sure. Maybe Jesus Cristo might say he or she did the work, but unless you were Jesus Christ, I, I do not think did the work is an accurate statement. Um, I will say this, though. I was surprised by how diverse the group was. Yeah. I didn't, I, I, a part of me didn't expect men. Mm -hmm. I did expect some queer folks. Everybody knows I'm pansexual. So I was like, oh, no, there's going to be some queer bunnies in there. Yay. And there mm -hmm. were. Um, I was very nicely surprised by how international it was. Like, I didn't expect that there would be so many people from other countries. Sure. Um, we actually had a couple more that asked, but I wasn't sure if it was, like, one of those scams. So I was like, you uh, can't okay. sign up. Like, once you start saying Nigerian prince, you know, I get <laughs> a little nervous. Yeah, yeah. Not Nigeria, because I actually have a lot of clients who live in Nigeria. Uh -huh. But a couple, of them, a couple of the emails I got felt a little scammy, so they didn't make it on. Sure. So I'm surprised by the, um, and the race, too. We had, a, a, like, a racial mix. Definitely. We had black, white, Latin, Asian, mm -hmm. um, male, female, gender nonconforming, um, gay, straight, everything in between, curious. Yeah. There was a couple of curious people in there. Um, like, it was just a very interesting cross-section of the world. For sure. And they all just kind of found me randomly. Really? But you're one of the few people who I had actually met before in person. Randomly. At a lesbian bar in D.C. Sure did. Sure did. <laughs> but this was, like, almost 10 years ago. I was going to say don't say it out loud, but you did, so that's fine. Okay. Uh, yeah. No, <laughs> definitely. It was almost yeah, 10 years ago. Yeah. It was 2013, because I remember, no, 2012. It was 2012. Because somebody yeah, that I, I I met you with, we stopped speaking in 2013, so I know it had to be in 2012. Oh, okay, that was the that yeah. Was the so it, it was the summer of 2012, and that was a horrible. That was literally the, the irony is the summer of 2012 was when I had my nervous breakdown. 
and became officially became Buddhist. Was that before or after you met me? Because when I met <laughs> you, you were just a delight, an absolute delight. Well, the funny thing is, the person who I allowed to eat my light was mm-hmm. with me when we met. Okay, got it. And six so months later, I was having a nervous it breakdown. So the irony it. is, you saw me in my pure state. Uh huh. And then you didn't see me again during Nervous Breakdown. Right. And then I rose like a phoenix and you came to my workshop. You sure did. Yeah. Didn't catch anything in the middle, but. Yeah, the middle was on nasty. The, the bookends have been beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, w- I was Christian and full of hope when you met me. And I am a spicy Buddhist with lots of questions. I love that. Spicy Buddhist. That's, that's yeah. more, that's the, like my aspiration. Being a spicy Buddhist is an interesting thing because it really is the, the do no harm but take no shit. Yeah, definitely. Like everybody. Not everybody, but a lot of people, even those who love me, know that there's a line that you can cross where me loving you won't stop me from reminding you that you got me fucked up. Absolutely. But I think people also know I don't play dirty. Mm. Like, your feelings would be hurt, but, like, it's going to be because of the facts, because I'm mad. Right. Like, I'm not going to, like, slander you. or Like, yeah, so it's the approach. And so I have... Recently, I got really mad on Monday. We talked about this in the previous episode. I recently um, had a moment where I allowed myself to get rageful. Mm. And I allow it to be shown on social media to show like how you can be full of rage and like work through it in a mm. healthy way. Because yeah. I wanted to like be like, yo, just because I do all this coaching doesn't mean that I'm above having feelings yeah. that I have to work through actively. Definitely. I think a lot of coaches want you to think they're perfect. For sure. Yeah. And that's not helpful at all. It's so heavily curated. Yeah, definitely. Now, one of the things that you did say to me that was interesting is the first module that we did was um, about internal dialogue. Oh, boy. And you were one of the folks who was like, oh, so when we do the relationship stuff, (laughs) (laughs) when are we going to do the stuff about, you know, people that you be kissing in the mouth? Let's get to it. How do we do the relationship? And I I always intentionally do the internal dialogue before the relationship stuff because we always want to run to relationships and skip over our shit. Yeah. Because it's a distraction. For sure. So my question to you, you being one of my top students. <laughs> top. Top. <laughs> okay, this is like a Mr. Miyagi, Daniel son, like in the like Karate Kid Part 2 kind of situation here. Oh, God. So now that you are, you know, like in your space of self-mastery and like fine-tuning what that looks like. Sure. How did you feel? Were you triggered when you saw the now infamous DeLive that happened with baby and Danny Lee? I am gonna be that person who is culturally illiterate because I did not watch that I am not have I you caught have any no snippets idea. of like, the mess of it I really what I've seen from your page is just about it I have no no clue outside of that that's kind of beautiful because a couple of your 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 classmates hit me up like I'm triggered really <laughs> and I was like I can see how this could be triggering if you've mm. done all the work to like be in a place where you're not desperate to hold on to somebody yeah and then all of the news cycle mm. is a young woman holding a baby, like low-key, energetically pleading uh, to a man who clearly doesn't want her oof. to not kick her out the house oh when says, please take your dignity in an Uber and leave. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that could be triggering. So maybe you weren't meant to see that. Maybe not. But have you ever been in a place? And I did a show with Jason and Damage recently where we talked about how I don't think her heart's broken. I think her ego yeah. is shattered. Sure. Because you know how we did a whole class about how you th- when you think your heart's broken, your ego's just mad? Uh, yes, I do know about that. Yes, an ego <laughs> tantrum masquerading as heartache. Yeah. Live y- that. Y- y'all always hate me when I say that. Like, bitch, my heart's broken. Mm, yeah. It's your heart. How dare you? You know how you know if your heart's broken versus when if your ego is um, is shattered? Is that if your heart was whole in, the re- in something and then you lose something that kept it whole, right. that might be a heartache. But if it was shattered the entire time oh, right. or bent, broken, and maimed the entire time yeah. and you are fighting to continue maiming it. Yeah. Probably not the thing. Yeah. yeah. Like it was already compromised. Yeah. I mean, I had like an experience where I you know, went through heartbreak 
I'll say heartbreak. Mm-hmm. Not um, with the quotation the arrow, the quotation marks. <laughs> because I mean, you actually said one thing that was like really profound to me, where it was like it, there was like a split, is like a percentage of like heartbreak versus ego your tantrum, ego. exactly. Yeah. And I think it was definitely that. It was like a mixture of it because there wasn't a lot of hurt in the relationship uh, itself, but like it just stopped abruptly. But it was really, it was relatively short. Mm-hmm. It was one of those things that was like very stereotypically lesbian. Like oh, uh, your ego got attached. Like attached in all caps. Use mine. Italicized. You are mine. Yeah. And I'm gonna make up a whole story about us. I mean, uh, and then a couple minutes. more about that and about our kids and all all the other things. So yeah. when it stopped, it was like, well, that's not where that was supposed to go. So the I think like the having that attachment just stop out of nowhere was the thing that made me. It was so jarring, and I did assign that like this is definitely heartbreak. And it was my first time like really having my heart broken in that way. Because you were emotionally invested. Exactly. And I wasn't like prepared for it in any way. Like I just thought that, you know, we were going to go down this, you know, lighthearted fairy tale road and it was going to be great. But then all of a sudden it just wasn't. So it was just a whole thing of like, uh, what's that, that quote that, uh, expectations are premeditated resentments. So my, my expectations really drove that bus into the ground eventually is what happened because were were they reasonable to what was actually showing up? They were. I do think they were. And that's mm-hmm. what was so difficult for me to wrap my head around the why. So you afterwards. felt betrayed by what was shown versus what actually showed up. Betrayed by that and also felt betrayed by myself because I was like, how do I trust myself now? Because I felt like I could always like trust my gut feelings about things. And then it didn't work out that yeah. way. And I was like so wrong about it. Uh, so getting to the why was like so important for me for a really long time. And then I started to realize, oh, no, it has nothing to do with that. Nothing. And, and, you know, the, the, one of the classes that you miss that I usually don't send videos to people when they ah. miss class because I feel like I'm incentivizing deprioritizing some the work. Right. Sure. So if you take a class with us and you miss it, it might be a month before I release it somewhere. Right. And that's intentional so that you're on your P's and Q's. Totally. But the one class that we had that you missed and I, my third guys literally said, you have to send this. Thank God you did. Yeah, I was like, I'm going to send you a sneaky link and, <laughs> and, and, and leave it open for 48 hours. You better watch yeah. it. I even told her, like, look, you better watch it now because yeah. I'm, I'm betraying myself by doing this. But uh-huh. it was a class about love bombing. Uh-huh. I have never gotten more feet. My therapist watched the love bombing video and thanked me. I'm like, this is awkward. No, it was so, so my, good. I was like, you're my therapist. Like, I should be thanking you. She was like, I just want you to know. I said both ways. Why not? I just want you to know I watched the love bombing. I was like, okay, that's a little bit. But the love bombing one felt like giving birth to like a pain baby because mm. i had every single word i said i had learned the hard way okay yeah none of it was googled it was like yeah. oh how did i fuck up in a hundred different ways yeah and encapsulate that in a video why do you think the uh, the concept of love bombing um triggers people so much and for those who don't know what love bombing is it's when someone intentionally showers you with the not i shouldn't say intentionally because there's, there's a lot of subconscious love bombers sure when somebody rigorously inundates you and showers you with a disproportionate and unreasonable amount of love, affection, time, and promises with the intention of getting you dependent on them, mm-hmm. even if they might not be sure or are completely clear that they cannot fulfill those promises. Yeah. But it's all to make you dependent on their love. Hmm. And at first, they, they enjoy doing it, and they, they feel like they're in love with you back because they love the high they get from seeing you exactly. be manipulated by them into wanting them so quickly. So yeah. when a love bomber loves you, it's like, oh, look how quickly I was able to make Fresh want me. Uh-huh. But then when you start saying, hey, that thing that you said to like appease my ego mm-hmm. and to make me happy, but that was disingenuous, yeah. you said something else that was more honest that contradicts it. Mm-hmm. Which one is true? The love bomber subconsciously or, or consciously goes, uh-oh, they're on to me. Uh-huh. Exactly. <laughs> and suddenly... 
starts to be manipulative to keep you on the hook while not taking accountability for being disingenuous to get you there to begin with. Right. So there's two kinds of love bombers. There's people who have, like, fucked up childhoods, excuse my French, and just have learned to be manipulative to get people to stay. Mm -hmm. Like, please don't leave me. See, I'll do a little dance. When kids do that, they're being manipulative because they just want you to stay. For sure. But it's a pure kind of manipulation, right? Yeah. Then there's narcissists. (laughs) Definitely. Just yeah. raging narcissists uh-huh. who just do this to everybody because they can't feel and, and have empathy. Yeah. My question to you is, why do you think the love bombing uh, class, because out of all the classes we've done, it's probably the one that's, tr- that's triggered like our attendees the most. Why do you think mm. it's so triggering? And have you ever been love bombed? Um, absolutely, I've been love bombed. And, and I learned through that class, thank you very much, that I have love bombed others. Plot twist. 100%. Is it, though? <laughs> <laughs> when you really look at my backstory, yeah, I think is we, it, I think, I think most people have been at least on one side of that. Yeah, and that's I I think that it's like it's important that you had said like the the subconscious side of it because I like to think that I wasn't <laughs> intentionally out here just Rush emotionally like, fucking people up. I am not a sociopath. Thank you very much. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't like stare at people without breaking and smiling. I'm not like that. But I I definitely I I, I realize that like yes I love bomb people. I was love bombed originally by my like I, the prototype was my mom, and then sounds like, about right. And listening mm-hmm. to that class, I was like, oh wow, I see you, I recognize you, I've been here before, without yeah. having known what like the name was it was for it. Um, but I think that like the reason that uh, people go through it, or at least my experience was uh, like in understanding about like attachment and attachment styles, mm-hmm. that makes perfect sense to me because attachment as opposed to like pure unadulterated love, like mm-hmm. true love, the difference there is that like. Is you don't get that like hit of a thing. It's not like it's a drug, right? Exactly. There've been studies that show that the hit you get from the endorphins, the the rush, all of it, yeah, is the same as your first hit of crack. Ex- exactly. I'm not even being hyperbolic. It literally is similar in the physical way to like your very first hit of crack. Yeah. No, totally understandable. And as somebody who's like a propensity towards addiction, that totally makes sense for me to yeah. like love people and women in that way. And look at all my power. Like <laughs> you yeah. all love me. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and um, I, I think that like ha- having that side of it where you also don't know that that's what's happening. Yeah, of course you're gonna keep doing it. At least that again is my experience of it, where I just was constantly back to like the ego point, doing the thing that that made me feel better. Like that's all the ego is ever mm-hmm. trying to do is just make you feel better. It just wants to protect itself. Yeah. Exactly that. So and even if it's not in your best interest yeah. in the long term, so you don't even know that that's like what's at play. So I feel like if people had more education behind it. Maybe then it would really shift things. You know what? Well, I love that you said that you didn't know how it had a name. I think the number one response I get from people that I work with is that they're always surprised that the thing that they did had a name yeah. and had symptoms and a personality trait and could be Googleable. Like, yeah, yeah. It's always stunning when you're like, oh, I just thought that this is a thing I did to cope. You're like, no, exactly. honey, that's called love bombing. Yes. It's, it's like a really like it's such a revelation to, to be able to point to something and be like, oh, I'm not original in that way. And I never wanted to be. So this yeah. is really good to know that like there's a reference point for it somewhere. And I think one of the words that we used in that class that folks were like taken aback by was narcissistic supply. Yeah. When it's the way the, the way that you inject you inject the hit of affirmation into your veins. Right. Yeah. Like, I'm going to keep using this drug analogy since it's working for me. But, like, it literally is, like, what do, what do I need to do mm-hmm. to get my, my hit today, yeah. my, my narcissistic supply? And I think a lot of folks don't realize how much narcissistic supply they have, but some of them do it in ways that are so atypical to what's considered the norm. Mm-hmm. Perfect example, someone who is very conceited, we all know that that's un imbalanced. Sure. We know being conceited is an imbalanced way because you're too cocksure and you're delusional. Yeah. But nobody ever talks about how being super humble 
on the other extreme uh -huh. is equally imbalanced. Sure, sure. So one is obvious yeah. and one is not obvious, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? And so I think a lot of times when we talk about love bombing or when we talk about anything, we think about the aggressive version. Definitely. But I would even say that passive aggressive people to me are more dangerous because they're harder to, it's like that silent fart that you don't smell until five <laughs> minutes after the person left. Like, like, is anybody else's mustache falling off? Like, Absolutely, yeah. So, so I think a lot of people that were in that class were so nice presenting mm -hmm. yeah, that they were works. shocked to find out, like, uh, and mod like halfway through module one, that they might be assholes. Uh huh. Yeah. Some in of our meekest, some of the way. meekest classes were like blue. Am I'm I a, a narcissist? <laughs> I think I think I might be a narcissist. <laughs> I was yeah. Like, it's okay, honey. You might like, <laughs> and it's just so weird because we think nice means healthy. Uh huh. Yeah. So that brings me to my next question is, how did you feel about the second most controversial class we had, which was about the niceness trap? Loved. Loved every single minute of it. Ooh. I might get some of that stuff tattooed on my body, I swear to God. <laughs> really? The delineation, like the way that you broke down the differences between nice and kind and compassionate, Ooh. I was like, oh, I'm not doing it right. Yeah. I can. I can get there. Thank goodness there's like a directive here. But I realized, oh, no, that's like, that's performative or it's demonstrative and it's not true. Yeah. Yeah. Look at that. It's, it's always interesting. I think one time somebody said to me, you know how that, that I start, I came up with that lesson plan? That mm -hmm. actually came from a passive-aggressive person who I knew couldn't stand me, mm -hmm. but was also always very cordial to me. Okay. And I always say cordial is friendly's colder cousin. So, so cordial is like friendly but cold. You're like, yes. ooh, okay, I'm not going to hug that, yeah, but yeah. it was nice to me. <laughs> and she was like, oh, Blue, there you go being you again. And I was like, oh. And I looked at her, and I was like, honey, like, it's so like every time we talk it's so clear energetically speaking mm. that you don't like me yeah. and I need you to know that you don't have to make up reasons to speak to me like you can just ignore me and it's I'll be not. okay with uh -huh. it uh-huh yeah like we could just not do this and she was like what yeah I was like no I know you don't like me so we're not going to argue about that it'll be mm -hmm. it'll be dishonest but like do you have something you want to get off your chest yeah and she said well since you asked you know a, a oh passive boy. person just looking for an excuse here we go it's <laughs> like my problem with you is you're not very nice not a problem. And I said, you know what? You're right. And she was like, what? She was like, what do you mean? I was like, no, you're very nice and you're fake. Hello. I'm very honest. And sometimes the truth is going to hurt. But I am compassionate, though. Yeah. So I was like, have I ever been sassy with you? She was like, no. I was like, so I've never been sassy with you. So it means I've never been disrespectful. Yeah. But my lack of being performative is annoying you. Yeah. But arguably speaking, I'm, I'm the more honest of us. Like, I had For to sure. put my neck out to even get you to admit how you feel. Mm. And she got real quiet. So I was like, yeah, I'm happy that you like being nice, but I'm too busy telling the truth to be nice. I'll yeah. keep being compassionate, though, because even right now, I could have called you a name for coming at me stink. Mm -hmm. And look how I'm trying to have a teachable moment with you. Yeah, definitely. And she, and she was like, you always think you know everything. I was like, I don't think I know everything. In fact, if we were to get a transcript of this conversation, I asked more questions than st statements made. Like, mm. the conversation was mostly me asking questions. Yeah. And then me reflecting back to you what your answers were. Right. And I was like, okay. I was like, well, you have a good day. Every time she saw me now, she would roll her eyes. Mm. But here's the funny thing, though. I was like, yo, I need to unpack what happened in that exchange. Because I was being super compassionate, minding my business. Yeah. And someone who was performatively nice but mm. felt less empowered resented me, even though we had no, we never crossed paths in a way that she had to engage with me. Yeah. And I was like, why, do, why are nice people so offended by reasonable, compassionate people. Mm -hmm. It'd be one thing if I had cussed her out and gotten spicy with her, but right. like we literally had no business with each other. Yeah. And so that night I sat down and piecemealed the difference between nice and compassionate, and that's when I realized that there was a middle bridge called kindness. Yeah. So for those of you who, who didn't take the class, and at some point you probably should, um, niceness is, <laughs> right, niceness is performative. When someone says you're nice, it's because you performed in a way that's agreeable to them. 
didn't mean you were honest didn't mean you had integrity you might have that's extra credit but you just performed in a way that was agreeable right kindness is demonstrative when people say you're kind it's because you usually did something that demonstrated some level of of of, of loveliness right so it's like oh she's really kind he's really kind that was really kind yeah. something usually happens so it's a demonstrative feeling compassionate is the best of both mm -hmm. but with the added bonus of prioritizing integrity over likability ding 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 so if somebody's being compassionate, they might still get on your nerves. Yeah. But they're doing what's best for you, whether your ego likes it or not. Yeah, definitely. Ooh, that child. like I th I feel like that speaks to the to the point of expectation as well, where like yeah. you, people can get it's, it's really easy to get indignant around somebody like yourself when oh, they're child. being kind and nice and feel like they're showing fraudulent, up in a but way. lying to my face. Exactly, but yeah. they feel like because they're presenting it in a way that's mm -hmm. that's nice, um, that they are doing the right thing. Because yeah. that's what we're, it, it goes back to that piece of just education. Like, we just don't know. We're taught things uh, that just are wrong. Like oh, there's yeah. There's really no two ways about it. Don't get me started on the 80s. Okay. I feel like my whole childhood was a lie. Let's Nancy Reagan could kick rocks first. <laughs> R.I.P., sorry. The Just Say No of campaign. All the people. Don't know. When I think about the Just Say No campaign and how that's it was true. a ploy to, to help demonize, uh, let me chill. Y'all know I'm very pro-marijuana, not because I smoke it, but because I know that it's been used as an anti-black uh, weapon to like put black and brown people for non-violent offenses Speaking behind of bars while Kyle Rittenhouse is going to be home for Turkey Day. I so, and Nancy Reagan was part of that ploy. You guys, True. please Google it. This is not a conspiracy theory. The, the FBI and the New York Times and everybody else has already spoken to the folks who literally sat in a room with Nixon mm -hmm. and conspired to say, how do we get rid of the black hippies yeah. and the white hippies? Yeah. And also get people to stop paying attention to all the crack that we're letting be pumped into um, inner cities because we're in cahoots with folks that we want to use to kill Castro. Right. They're like, how do we do both? How do we, we, we vilify the blacks and the browns and their white allies, but also get people to stop looking at the stuff that we're doing that's crooked? Mm -hmm. And someone said, well, all the blacks and the poor whites who are in part of the civil rights movement and everything else, Here's they the have no health insurance and they keep smoking the sticky icky yeah. for their anxiety. So if we make marijuana illegal, mm -hmm. well, number one, take away their, their medicine of choice, even yeah. though technically it's never killed anybody. Mm. And number two, we'll have a widespread way to put them all in jail, even yeah. though they've never shot anybody. Very pretty politically expedient bow. And one of the guys who was in the room when, when that happened sang like a canary 30, 40 years later. And so it's now on the record that this happened. It's not like, you know, I don't like, you know, conspiracy theories and my brother, my brother. No, the, the big old powerful white guy in the room said, no, nah, we did that. Yeah. He's like, we had to get rid of y'all. And the fact that that happened is one of the reasons why I'm so diligent about <laughs> child talk about it. I'm so diligent about reexamining everything from my childhood. The irony is mm. once I stopped. Because I used to be one of those people who was, like, super Christian and super pious. And by the way, I love Christianity, guys. I'm just not Christian anymore. So I want you guys to know that I'm not anti-Christian. I'm just, Buddhist, Buddhism speaks to me in my heart. But I grew up in a very Christian household where any drugs were demonized, as we think we, they should be, especially the Same. hard ones. Yeah. But marijuana was treated with such anger and emotion mm. that had been spoon-fed to us. Yeah. When I hit 30 and realized that it was the only thing that could help my endometriosis, uh, I felt betrayed. For sure. The thing that I had demonized. Yeah for my entire childhood was literally the answer to my illness. Yeah, and I was like, well, what else did it, if Nancy Reagan was lying to me about just say no. It's true for so many things. Who yeah. else was lying to me? And ironically, that's how yeah. I started re-examining words like nice and kind and da 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 da. Like yeah. all these re-examinations that I do came from like, oh, my childhood might've been a lie. Yeah, a lot of it. So that's a long way, one way of asking, is there anything that you learned in childhood? Oh, there has to be, if you've worked Yikes, with us. already. 
Yikes. Can you call out some things that you learned in childhood that were supposed to be cute back when the Cosby show was playing in the background and that you now realize were low-key toxic but just normalized? Oh, God. Heavy. Like questions, guys. Not yeah, like questions. Jesus, how much time do we have? Look. Um, <laughs> God. So uh, many things. Our poor parents didn't know any better. Well, that I mean, that that is one of the things that's been so beautiful about, like, this whole journey that I've been on. And, like, the workshop was really integral, um, a re really integral part of that journey, uh, is that I've been just kind of rediscovering what true empathy really looks like. And, and in doing that, I've been able to see my parents from a totally new perspective oh. and being able to look at, um, it, really, my mom in particular, and be like, oh, you're actually a human being who had two babies at the same time, at 28 years old. Oh my God. I'm 35. God I bless want her. to have kids, but I'm not doing that yet. I can't and even raise a dog of my own right now. Are I you can't serious? raise a succulent. <laughs> oh, me either. Literally. We'll discuss, but go ahead. Yeah. So I'm looking at her and I'm like, oh God, I've really been like vilifying you for a lot of things, but you just didn't know. Like you, you didn't, didn't have the tools. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's, there was a lot of things that I grew up with because I also, my, my mom, is, she was a principal, but she was an ordained minister as well. So. Oh, so she was, she was fed the stuff. So like it was, it was baked into her. Exactly. I mean, yeah. she grew up in like the Pentecostal church too. It's so, like it's uh, a particular kind. You know, you know I I know I mean, some Pentecostal folks. Shout out to y'all. Y'all are particular. Yeah, man. Mm -hmm. She's she she shifted out of that, but that's what she she grew up with. That's what what she knew, and and a lot of that kind of kind of spilled into her adulthood, and therefore you know the way that she parented us. Um, I would say like one of the bigger things is probably like how to just process emotion, which mm. is to just get all of the feelings out without really like um, identifying and articulating things um, in, a, in a like coherent kind of way or, or in a, um, a more tempered way. Uh, one of the biggest points like in the workshop to me that was like so beautiful that I like really hold on to is just this point of like the beauty that's in the pause. I never grew up with a pause yeah. ever. The pause was actually really vilified. <laughs> like if you yeah. stopped talking, you weren't getting the thought out. So therefore it wasn't that smart or it wasn't true or there was something behind it. There was I something love that wrong you with said it. that because we had damage on um, last week. And when he was doing the show, I was asking some really uh, thought provoking questions. And whenever he would pause, he'd be like, damn, I'm not thinking fast enough. Yeah. And I was like, no, 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 we can hold space for you. Like, get to your answer for sure and in that moment i was like this is so honest because everybody does that to themselves mm -hmm. they don't let themselves pause to make sure you know what i do whenever somebody asks me a question that takes me thinking mm -hmm. i say hold on for a second i want to make sure that i'm not speaking from a place of ignorance mm. so you know that, that this is actually really smart me stopping right now is a very smart thing Definitely. there's nothing stupid about me pausing yeah so the, the power of the pause like really like spoke to you wow it in so many ways because i found like new ways to apply but i also was able to recognize oh that was a big gap in my in my yeah. childhood and and really all of my adulthood up to this point holding space for feelings to reveal themselves right to figure it out you know what yeah. I mean? it doesn't have to be here right now if you really want to get you know a true answer and really you know figure out a thing mm -hmm. you have to stop like now i actually get wary of depending on how big the question is if your answer is super quick <laughs> I have question marks. <laughs> like, mm, There's a cock and squint involved there. Like, well, that was either you were really, you had that queued up for some odd reason. Right. <laughs> like, or, why, why? When I said, why don't you love me? Why are you like, well, actually, let's start with point one. Yeah, dash you were C. sitting on that. <laughs> and you're like, you're like mm. Why did you ain't got, whenever people co-sign real fast, I get nervous. Like, why did you co-sign so fast? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Exactly I was talking to a friend. I was like, you know, sometimes, you know, I can have rest in bitch face. You sure do? I was like, sis, hold on. <laughs> My face is still here. Chill out. Really like, queued up. <laughs> yeah. That, you know what the funny thing is? I'm someone who talks fast. So someone would be like, well, you got some nerve saying having a quick response. 
means it's disingenuous. You always got the pew, 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 pew. That's not true. I spend hours every day talking to myself and asking myself how I feel. I mean. So by the time you ask me a question, I probably ask you that question here. three or four times. Exactly. We've I'm not had... saying it for the first time today. Absolutely. I've had the monologue so we can do the dialogue. That's that's what's going I, on there. I cussed myself out in the shower this morning. For I'm sure. real aware why you're mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just happy you brought it up because my version was less kind to me. You were nicer to me than I always, was. Always, always. Yeah, speaking of internal dialogue. Yeah. When we, when we pivoted from the internal dialogue class to the relationship class, mm. Um, I asked everybody to rate themselves. So I'm going to ask you this question again on camera. Hmm. Before you started the workshop, how on a scale of one to ten, what would you have given your internal dialogue? And after you started, after you you completed the first two modules, because you did both of them, yeah. how would you rate your internal dialogue now? And and I, and I don't know if you were there for the class where we did this, and I and I really want to hear your answers now that you've had a couple of weeks to really think about it. Yeah, no, that's actually exciting to answer because when I, the bar was in the basement oh. when I first started, my internal dialogue was, it was either non-existent, like about like myself, uh, or it was just really critical, like uh, almost mm. exclusively critical. So yeah. everything was bad. There was no grace that was given to myself that I allowed for, for oh, everyone else. And you give everybody else so much grace. So, just all the leg room and latitude in the world and absolutely just the, all the kindness in the world but for me i was like no no no, you suck it was like a very like you know better kind of thing oh it was scolding yeah, yeah. for sure even though i realized in that workshop you know nothing <laughs> you know absolutely nothing you had no book and you failed the test <laughs> makes sense exactly <laughs> that yeah so um it i mean starting it probably was like a two maybe on a good day and that like oh. i'm really being honest uh, about that but afterwards or at least now i would say probably like a smooth seven. Oh, honey that's amazing yeah the, the progress has been wild. I was a seven wild. earlier this week, and I taught the class. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> you can be my sub. Look, I always want to be human to y'all. I don't want anybody to ever think that I have all the answers. You can never take people further than you've gone. Mm. So I think the reason why I've always been so brave in life is that I knew that the further I ran out, mm. the more people, the further I could bring everybody with me. Mm. So I've got my heart broken several times. Yeah. I've been When I tell you I've been rejected, in the most public, ugly, slanderous, highly uh, talked about way. Like, there was nowhere to hide. It makes my elbows itch thinking about it. There'd be times I'd be in the kitchen and my ears would burn. I'm like, oh, they must be talking about being happy hour. And like, like, I've been... The funny thing is, only half of it was true. Mm. I, I, there have been times where I wasn't rejected, but people just said I was because yeah. it was a good story. Nice. Yeah. You know what, what it is, is though? And this is something that I, I warned you guys about. When you are in a space of self-mastery and you are aware of your value, mm. you're now setting boundaries and knowing that you have the right to set boundaries mm -hmm. that a lot of people convince themselves they don't. And so the response right. to you is, how dare you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Blue, how dare you up. say no to that thing I always say yes to? Mm -hmm. Fresh, how dare you say you're uncomfortable to that thing that I've been uncomfortable about but always show up for? Yeah, yeah. And so now you're the bitch that everybody wants to take down. For sure, yeah. That, that like, empowerment versus disempowerment Ooh, really... Honey really came on through but yeah. in, a, in the best possible way because i like i'm a person who needs a lot of reinforcement which is why the love bombing for me is great like if you give me a thing let i'm gonna me, be let like me, let me absolutely um so to, to have that you know something that was really concrete to hold on to something i can like really recognize actively like oh that is someone acting from a place of disempowerment mm. now i get it I need yeah. like a thing to like wrap my mind around, which is why it's so important. Like you said with before about coaches, like not really sh kind of showing their ass when they need to sometimes Child. like that. It's more it, to have that like direct application is so much more helpful yeah. for people who are like looking in, like, how do we do this? Like, really, how do we do this? Like, because as a collective, 
we have to do better. Oh, like, we've got to get there. Talk about it. Like when I tell you, I always feel like the day I stop asking people that I trust in my tribe for their input hmm. is the day that I'll stop trusting myself. Because sure. even though I could be right nine times out of 10, the one time I don't ask will probably be the time that I'm wrong as fuck. There you go. So I always love people who can do that dance of being completely secure in their value and knowing who they are mm -hmm. and being in that room and saying, this is my house. Yeah. But it was cracking open a window for a neighbor to walk by and say, howdy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want another perspective? It's, it's, it's a little funky in there. Yeah, for absolutely. Reason, reason the curtains, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so I think there's something beautiful about, about folks who are confident in themselves but also don't think they're above reproach. Mm. Like there was an infamous sure. time, like I'm a big Jesse uh, Williams fan. I think he's an amazing person. But there was a moment where um, he made a misstep and I won't relive it because I don't want black Twitter, because you know how black Twitter is. You relive something, they're like, oh, I missed that. Here we go, yeah. Let's yeah. bring it back up and I don't uh -huh. want Jesse Williams to go through anything because of me bringing it back up. <laughs> but he made a move that was not, that was tone deaf. Okay. And it had, to do, and it had to do with the, the, the Black Lives Matter movement. Mm -hmm. And the move that he made that was tone deaf, you could tell it wasn't malicious, but it was a little tone deaf. It was that, yeah. When he got chin checked on it, mm -hmm. his response wasn't, yo, this was a blind spot, thank you for keeping me honest. Mm -hmm. Instead, he did something that wasn't egregious to anybody else, but as a coach, you know, I'm hypersensitive to you everything. Saw, you saw. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was like, come on, y'all know me. Uh, okay, yeah. I was like, Jesse, what does that mean? Right. Unless mm -hmm. you are God the Almighty, what does that mean? You can still have a, a bad day. Yeah. And I was like, see, this man who I highly respect, I, I, I went to a game night of his once, and he was lovely. Mm. This man that I have all these reasons for to give the grace to, yeah. I can still point out that nobody's allowed to say, because I know yeah. you and you have a good heart, you couldn't have a bad day. Right. But also, you also have people who, they could know you for 20, 30, 40 years. Mm -hmm. Know your heart, mm -hmm. but if something goes off that, that triggers them, they immediately assume bad intent. That's the oh, other extreme. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And I, 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 I haven't mentioned this because people get annoyed when I mention this sometimes, but, you know, I'm into astrology. So if you're not into astrology, well, I mean, the show might not be for you. Uh, Fresh is also a Taurus. Gang, gang. There's been a lot of Taurus energy. Whoop, whoop. Tauruses, Scorpios, and Libras have been heavy in the juju lately. Okay. And one of the things that we have, that we do is, like, look, we're not the fastest mm -hmm. no um we like to take naps and eat snacks and, very and have our bellies spaces. rubbed and be told that we're pretty like you know we're like house cats but bulls <laughs> so like we're, we we have our faults yeah. but the one thing we tend to pride ourselves on and those are the, these are the high vibrational ones i can't speak if you have like a baby dad who's a taurus who ain't shit um high vibrational tauruses pride themselves on i'm tried and true i'm a steady true. force in most people's lives yeah. and i think for me the way my ego feels attacked is when i've been tried and true mm -hmm. But I'm approached like a bitch off the street. Yeah, yeah. Like so, that all match the up. all the time of me having your back and you still gonna like windmill me, like yeah. like I'm a hoe on the bus. Like, oh my god. What? How that do just... you respond to that? Because I think a lot of people are triggered by that, but don't have the words to say it. I I actually was recently triggered by that. As a matter of you fact, you got you like a hoe on the bus. I, I really did. <laughs> no disrespect to hoes on the bus. We really do our pro sex work here. But yeah, continue. totally, absolutely. Um, <laughs> no, I I recently had like that exact ex experience where um, I. I Basically, what I said was uh, like in because I was reacting. I will say that I was reacting instead of responding because like she got me. And because mm. my first thing was, of uh, I've shown my work all, all the way up to this point, and now mm. you're telling me that the answer is wrong, and that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Like I have have been completely steady, and I've I've like spoon fed you. Like this is what I'm going to do for you. This is how I'm going to show up for you. And then when there was one time for you to make an assumption about how I would show up. 
you assumed that I would show up in a totally different way. And right. it was a shitty way. The worst possible way. Exactly. Who are we even talking about right now? Like, all I've ever done is good. And you were like, well, you know what? If you have the chance, it's probably going to be bad. What? What? How do we get there? I, I told my ex one time, is there a basic bitch standing next to me that you're saying this yeah. to? Because I don't even know who, who is... Where is she at? Exactly. Like I, I get confused, and I but uh, of course, what I always say when you say, "Do you know who you're talking to?" That is your ego. Yeah. Definitely. But sometimes your ego is good bacteria having your back. You know I, that that's kind of because there's bad bacteria and good bacteria. Sometimes your ego has to have your back. For sure. I that, I feel like that's a good like callback to one of the points that you were making. Um, I think it was in, in the workshop just about like, um, you. You can, the feelings that you have, uh, they are always valid, even though they might not be accurate. And the reason Bingo. that they're valid is because they will, they're, they're going to illuminate something. They're going to bring something up. They're going to reveal something yeah. in, in some way or another. And that alone makes it valid. Yeah. And I feel like it's along those lines where, like, that hit me in a place where I was like, wait a tick. <laughs> what the fuck is happening not here? Not G Willikers, who's that? And I've clutched my pearls, like literally. And then I had to be like, okay, but what, what's happening there? Like, is that yeah. is that a me thing? Is that a them thing? Or is there a combination of things that's going on? Oh, you and really then, were taking notes in the class. Look at you separating what belongs to you and what doesn't. Listen. Oh my God, listen. I'm so proud of you. I had a journal full of things. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I masterful. really like, I pulled back and was like, okay. And then, and then you know what I did after that? What? I had a courageous conversation with you. <gasps> Okay, for those of you who will be taking the next workshop, courageous conversation, bruh. Let me tell you. Yeah. I told somebody recently, look, we're about to have a courageous conversation. She's mm. like, what? <laughs> She's, like, what? She's like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. I was like, I'm about to have a difficult but heart-centered, high-vibrational conversation that might at some points feel low-vibrational because of its bravery. Yeah, exactly. She was like, I don't think I want that. <laughs> I was like, well, one of the tenets is consent. So are you saying you that, you, that you don't consent? You don't have space for this? Sure. She's like, yeah, I don't know what this is, but I ain't got space. <laughs> 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 so she, she disengaged so fast, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to trust her instincts. Fair. Yeah. <laughs> you can't have a courageous conversation if you're running after somebody with a pitchfork. Yeah, definitely. That's just called an assault, by yeah. the way. A courageous conversation without consent is just called an assault. So, yeah. Oh God, I am so happy we're having this conversation. It actually reminds me a lot of the workshops. Yeah. I think a lot of times people think that the workshops are gonna be me like talking like Lamar shaking his head. <laughs> I think a lot of the workshops people think it's gonna be like me speaking in my Maya Angelou voice. Yeah. And like being that. super stoic. It really just feels like we're having group therapy. Yeah. With some inappropriate jokes and lots of homework. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Love the homework. Love the di like the dialogue. And just love being able to get the sense that, like, truly, everyone can be messy. Mm -hmm. Everybody. Kind of is messy and has the opportunity to fix it. Yeah. That, that was the, the best thing about it to me was to be able to, like, hear different perspectives and see that, like, oh, other people had their own shit to unpack. Mm -hmm. And uh, even though it, it was very, like, the, the specifics of the, the situations were different, there's a lot of intersections in terms of, like, what was happening underneath, like, the root of it. Like, I could always find um, some sort of through line to be able to, to draw yeah. from. Uh, so it was a lot of, like, you sort of, you know, starting and, and facilitating the conversation and doling out these just, like, bomb dropping <laughs> like these incredible yeah. nuggets but then like people kind of pulling from that um and and putting kind of contextualizing it in a way that feels like oh i can apply that in my life somehow now. And, yeah and i love that you brought that up because we could have a class about a, a, a certain theme but like the way the different entry points was always so illuminating for me yeah i was like damn i've taught this class a million times but i never heard anybody receive it this way uh-huh yeah and there were other times too where folks were interpreting things in ways that were correct but innovative mm. and you could see other people in the class like 
Oh, is that what she said? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, see, sometimes you have to hear it repeated a million different ways for it to finally like hit you where it needs to find you. Listen, I just start, I, I read Michael Singer's um, book, um, The Untethered Soul, a couple months ago, and that's really oh, the I thing love that, that like, yeah, that sh- like literally cha- changed my life. Like, in I, so I mean good. that like unequivocally. Um, but everything in it is just like it's. Uh, there's a lot of like really high level bumper stickerish sentiments that are in there mm-hmm. that I never got until reading that book because it was the way that he presented it. Oh, I love that. And I had like the space to receive it. So then it was like, oh, I get it. I'm not my thoughts. Guys, (laughs) I don't know if you heard, but we're not our thoughts. Oh, and thoughts are so fleeting. Sure. Which is why, here's the thing, right? We understand that our thoughts are fleeting when we feel something like, let's say we have a a, a feeling that is... um, Valid but inaccurate. Uh-huh. And and that's a whole other conversation that we actually would need to have a workshop about, right? Yeah. If you think your partner's cheating on you and they're not cheating on you, you were inaccurate, but the feeling of insecurity is valid because it's showing you that your relationship isn't as strong as you think. That part. So valid but inaccurate is, is a very big tenet for me. Like, accuracy is not the only marker of something being valid. Yeah. And so I think a lot of times when I think... Ooh, hold on, there's a... You guys, there's a rock band playing downstairs in the studio that we're working at. When we when we think about like how things resonate with us, I think analogies are very powerful. Yeah. And when you have a group therapy or a group workshop class, it's almost like human analogies. That's it. Spitting out their versions until one of them. Oh, that's the that's one that my hits one. me. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That's I think that's why I like I like doing these more than doing one on ones. I love one on ones for my wallet because I get paid hey, hey. five times more. I'm gonna be honest, right? The workshops are the cheapest way to have access to me yeah. because it's a community offering, right? Yeah. So a lot of people have asked me, Blue, why are you pushing the workshops when your one on ones make you more money? And I was like, because I feel like it's more impactful. It's amazing. I will say that. I feel and like I it's more really impactful when we're all in the room together yeah oh by the way the song they're playing is opp that's hilarious can you hear that Am opp I that old what is happening i have really I good hearing anything. yeah Obviously. i have a, I'm a young spirit i want to okay. vibe right so we have we're going we're, we're going to party after this yeah yeah uh, shout out to kara yeah. again you guys have heard kara's name a million times because i think kara is my queer bestie um we're always hanging out we're going to be taking fresh out for a respectable tourist night in the town respectable i, I look i gotta be in bed before 12 30 no, that's actually good. Because yeah. I do have to drive five hours. See, we're all going to be sleepy. Like, why are we lying to each other? Sure. Like, you know how, you ever seen that skit with Kim Kardashian on SNL? No, well, in the skit, it's her and her girls and they go out. She's rapping like, yeah, da, da, da. And halfway through the verse, she falls asleep. Oh, yeah. And she She's Relatable curled up. On the, yeah, I feel like once you hit like 33, you want to go out to say you went out and to have uh-huh. a good time. Uh-huh. Do a Show little face. two-step. Yep. About three hours in that bitch, you want to leave. Take it down. Yeah. That's the real turn up. The turn down is the turn up. Look at Lamar's face. What? Is it not? No, that's fine. I, L- I can. Did be, Lamar just say I can be coaxed into a lot very easily. Lamar just said that I was. It was cap, and I was gonna be out on that. First of all, Lamar. Lamar's saying that I'm a hot butt pretending to be a sensible older woman. Look, I've taken the Golden Girls quiz a million times, and I'm always Blanche. There's a Golden Girls quiz. Yeah, there's Where several of them online. I'm always Blanche. I hope I'm Sophia. I think you might be Sophia I with, really with a be. little bit of Dorothy. I'm okay with that. Yeah, yeah. Just, really Dorothy did. was a cat daddy, just to bring it full circle. God damn it. Okay, this is the part where I'm supposed to, we're going to do something quick, but we're going to have you uh, pick one question from the question bowl. Yeesh. This is the lovers and friend bowl that we introduced last week. All right. Pick one question, and then we're going to ask you um, uh, one more uh, thought-provoking question that's not in the bowl, and then we have to wrap up. This went okay. by so fast, guys. All right. What is the difference between a courageous conversation versus an argument? <gasps> What? Okay. How kismet is that? I mean. That the only question in that bowl from the workshop 
is the one that you picked up. Listen. Look at God showing up. This okay. is the best PR, y'all. You you see how this works? That's it. There's literally 22 questions in there, and only one of them is about the class, and that's the one that you pulled up. What are up. the rest of the ones about? Don't worry. God wants you to I focus. I won't, actually. <laughs> I really won't. God wants you to focus <laughs> on that one. So what is the, the difference between a courageous conversation and an argument? Please don't make me look bad. Oh, be like, yeah. What, what the pop quiz of it all. It is a pop quiz. I would say, I think it probably goes back to one of the very first things that you said in the, the, um, the workshop, which is that um, a, a courageous conversation, especially with somebody that you truly care about, it's never me versus you. It's mm. us versus the problem. That kicked me in my A teeth. plus... You were paying a motherfucking attention. I am so hyped. Come on. I'm so hyped. I told you I want tattoos of these things. Like seriously, I'm I'm literally if I wasn't trying to like not ruin these these big ass lashes that I, I put on too too tightly, I would be crying right now with pride. <laughs> Look, the glue got stuck on my finger. I've had a rough day. But I like I'm so proud of you because not because you took the workshop, like not in the self-aggrandizing way, sure. but seeing how you have so masterfully put aside your ego to be a better version of yourself. Yeah. I just wanted to give you your flowers because you. you could have hidden behind the semblance of, because you always look like you're together. Sure. And you could have hidden behind that. Yeah. Like yeah. there's some people that we have in that class who it was clear, chicka chicka boom, they need some help. Mm. And there were others who were like mid-level. You seemed like you didn't even need the class. I had, mm. Somebody mentioned, they were like, why are they in here? Like they seem, what? yeah, because you seem so together. So the fact that you didn't hide behind the right. semblance of being perfect and having all the answers and yeah, actually the work that. i i love you for that because i know a lot Thank of folks you. who don't have the courage to do that it, it's so it's so wildly empowering i encourage anyone who is on that path to veer away from it and come on over here come, to on, come over to the dark side where all the truth lives yeah man so i guess the last question we're going to ask is if you had to tell somebody who has never taken one of our workshops who's never done a, a consult with me or anything like that why does it make sense to do the new year who dis workshop that's coming up in january um, because I grapple sometimes with explaining the intrinsic value of what we do because mm. it's so, it's almost like explaining why you love somebody. Oh, sure. You know yeah. what I mean? So I, I, I thought maybe you'd be better at, it's very rare that I'm a loss for words, but I thought maybe you as an attendee could explain to me and to everybody else the value that you see in it after the fact. Mm. Well, let me think about this so I don't sound ignorant. <laughs> right. Give me a moment so I'm not <laughs> kidding. No, I actually know pretty pretty clearly. Um, the biggest thing for me is like is the amount of perspective that your your workshops allow for. I feel like that's um, it's a large umbrella, and under that, a lot of things fall. But right. the it kind of starts with that, where there is actually a shift you, that you own. Apparently. On thy shift, yeah. <laughs> Brandy. <laughs> Full circle, right? Uh, no, but really, there is there's a shift that happens when. Um, you are just hearing about these these things that, that again you've you've heard for probably all of your life mm -hmm. about like who are you what does that look like how do you show up in relationships what is emotional intelligence we've all heard it but to hear it uh, contextualized in a different way it allows for um, a new perspective and I think from that you can operate from a totally different space so that's how that's I'm true. here now like before you said I maybe came across as one way but wasn't actually living that way the reason that i'm here now is because my perspective is entirely different wow All that right. was beautifully said god this is this is what great for me. what is this, this? Is really great for me this is what oprah be feeling like this is amazing <laughs> <laughs> no like i i literally the thing that makes me happiest in the world is watching people take control of their lives yeah 
Like I to me, I feel like my, I the luckiest person in the world that I get to bear witness. Yeah. That's literally what my imagine. job is. So it's, it's just so fulfilling. Oh, I'm gonna cry. Do it. I'm having it's the full moon, guys. Yeah, this give was it to taped us. during the full moon in Taurus. And we're both Taurus. It's just too much Taurus we're energy. Manifesting. Yeah, we're I came manifesting in here and I said, I'm going to make her cry, goddammit. Right. Like, I, I'm just so, like, immensely proud. And when I look back on the last class of every module, I'm always so proud about the, the evolution that everybody goes through. Yeah. So I'm actually, also, I miss you guys a little bit. Yeah. So I I'm actually, the, the difference between this year and, and, well, the upcoming year and the year that we just are wrapping up mm -hmm. is instead of doing an intense six weeks um, every, like, half a year mm -hmm. this time we're going to be doing one in january for a month only mm -hmm. so like how do you want the year to look okay then we come back in april like you full of shit or did you are you do are you on the right path love that then we come back in august like <laughs> but really <laughs> but really and then a final one at the end of the year so we're because, yes. because a lot of people were like blue i know that it was only supposed to be a couple bodges but like hell yeah so i think piecemealing it as for like quarters yeah. like that and then doing it in spurts and then letting you go live your lives i think it, it will be a, a, a lot more robust kind of way also 22 is my lucky number yeah and so i feel like 2022 is going to be an amazing year all right and so i selfishly just want to see where you guys are by the end of it look i've been saying that 36 is going to be like the time that i peak i have no idea why i think that but i turn eight, th go uh, 36 with April the juju year, so okay so you guys if you watch this and you think that you might want to join us um look at this point i want to join the workshop but then we've I have done our job here. Yeah, I, I, I really want to clone myself. Can we all just have a, a round of applause for Fresh for being so vulnerable and open? Lamar, clap. A round of applause. Lamar, clap. Clap, Lamar. A round of applause for you, Fresh. Um, I just, if any of you guys want to join us, and please, like, I always tell people this, make sure you're ready. Mm. I don't ever yeah. want anybody to be not ready and be wondering why they're sobbing. Because, you know, the, remember that first class where people started crying yeah. early? I was like, oh, no, I broke them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, yeah, so just know You're that. Like, what's your name and where are you from? Like, <laughs> I don't know what your feelings. <laughs> so just know that you might shed a couple of tears, but if you're really, really ready and want your 2022 um, to be transformative, that's the word that we're mm -hmm. leaning into, please join us because it's so much fun. Um, you can find the, what is the link? It's uh, on thy shift three. .eventbrite.com. On that shift three, eventbrite.com is where the tickets are going to be sold. And also, uh, give your, your 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 IG so people can find you. Oh, God. Do we want them to do that? It's Lauren, not Warren. But, you know. <laughs> Fresh <laughs> At your look. own risk. <laughs> look. Check it out. <laughs> if you want no smoke. But, and then they'll see how high fa how fashionable you are. Oh, boy. You, We're you trying. Are, you are very fashionable. Thank you. Um, And also, guys, make sure that if you want to see the video at early release, please check out uh, patreon.com backslash bluecentric. I'm also going to be changing the Patreon page so that when we are doing the classes, the videos will now be available two weeks after they take place for the students on Patreon so y'all can stop cussing me out by missing a class. <laughs> you have to wait two weeks, though, so, I mean, you're still being penalized. Mm -hmm. What else do I want to say? Oh, also, I want to thank everybody who's been really, really um, loving and receptive about supporting the show. Even though I suck at marketing, word of mouth has been really great to us, so yeah. I, I really am happy about that. And again, what I've learned is please give us five stars and like and share because apparently there's an algorithm that cares about that. Sure. And um, also, I just want to do a toast to you. Oh, you finished your, your alcohol already. Yeah, been done that. Oh. We can do water. No, that's bad luck. Oh, Pour a little it? bit of mine in there. Okay. So. I promise. <laughs> what, what are we? Hold on. Oh, I know exactly what to toast to. Oh boy. Let's toast. That's a sm that's small for you. I can see it in your eyes. Fresh just judged me for the little bit amount that I put in the yeah, glass. I don't know if you want to go out with me today. <laughs> what? We're doing a toast. Okay, Lamar's Lamar's judging us from from the peanut gallery. You ready? All right. Uh -huh. Let's toast to owning our shifts 
And owning our shit. There we go. Salud. Salud. Ciao. Bye, guys. Did you finish? No, you still didn't finish it. Come on. I did finish it. (laughs) Miles, are you ready to record our promo for season two of the Wanna Bet podcast? David, have you ever seen a grown man naked? Miles, we're not here to quote lines from Airplane. We're here to tell people that season two starts August 18th. But I like Airplane. I know you do, but Wanna Bet is a sports betting podcast. Each week we bet $1,000 on the NFL teams and games that we love. Well, that sounds like fun. It is fun. And last year you picked over 60% of your games correctly. How'd you do? We're not talking about that. We are telling people that they can find us every Friday. So no more movie quotes. Roger, Roger. Electric Hey there, fabulous souls. I'm Stephanie Baklaan. And I'm Eden Alpert. And we're the hosts of the brand new podcast, Unapologetically Fab. Get ready to join us on an amazing and real journey as we dive into life after 40 and own it. We're all about changing the narrative, leaning into who you are, and living a life by your own design. Join us as we embrace life unapologetically and redefine success. This is Unapologetically Fab. An Electric Cast production. See you there. Electric Acid. Electric Acid.